Welcome to Interviewing Aliens. I'm Jeff, a.k.a. Awake. And I'm Tiffany, a.k.a. Tiffany. And today we are joined by someone who fully embodies the fusion of art, intuition, and the mystical, Melissa Williams. Not only is she an accomplished artist and mystic, deeply engrossed in the world of creative energetics and the divine, but Melissa also possesses a unique gift that has touched many in our community, psychic communication, particularly with animals. She has worked closely with members of our community, bridging the gap between humans and their beloved pets, offering insights and deepening the bonds that they share. Melissa's perspective on life is refreshing and profound. She views life as a vast canvas with reality being the vibrant color she uses to paint her masterpieces. Guided by her intuition, she ventures off the beaten path, exploring unknown realms and seeing life as a form of art in itself. Through her work, she aids individuals in discovering their next steps, helping them manifest their experiences that they yearn for. With a firm belief that magic and enchantment are omnipresent, she poses a thought-provoking question to all of us. Are we truly seeing the wonder that surrounds us? Join us as we delve into Melissa's captivating world, exploring the intersections of art, intuition, and psychic communication, and the mysteries of the universe. Melissa, thank you so much for joining us today. <laughs> I had such a hard time staying quiet the whole time. I was like, damn, <laughs> I need y'all to write my artist bios and my artist <laughs> statements and my applications. <laughs> you can use us for a reference anytime, my friend. Absolutely. Oh, what a glowing introduction. <laughs> my artistic I mystic. It. I am absolutely fangirling, my friend. Mm, thank you so much for having me this is like such a sweet intersection um you were actually requested by our very first guest Bianca Rowland she when we asked who she'd like to see in the podcast you were you were the name that she chose oh wow oh that's even yeah. more exciting I didn't I, <laughs> I did know ahead of time that I uh got like a little nudge from the community but I didn't know that it was Bianca and that's even cooler because it's you know I mean I'm always looking to build more artist community and the fact that it was another artist whose work I admire is like, <laughs> spirit is giving jazz hands. <laughs> jazz hands. Jazz hands. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit, a lot of bit about you. Can you uh, tell us about your awakening story or were you just born this absolutely mystical and magical? <laughs> Yeah, I have a, a, an awakening story that's definitely like a, a serpentine path spirits showing like a like a twisting river. Um, so I was definitely came in very intuitive. I was um, I was a psychic child and I, I had like prophetic dreams and definitely knew stuff about people that I just thought other people knew about each other. Um, and I went 
through most of my early years just having information that like I didn't realize didn't make sense to other people. I'm a little neurodivergent and I was like, yeah, you're you're just reacting how you're reacting because it's like cool that we know things about each other. <laughs> Not because I uh, didn't realize that it was a gift. And so um, I finally started to realize that there was something uh, there that was unique to me when I was a, a teenager. And I was actually in a like a very unfortunate relationship but within this relationship this man in high school reflected to me like some of the gifts that I have and uh it was through like reading him and talking to a partner that I realized that um I was able to like offer a mirror that other people didn't have access to so through that relationship and kind of the winding pathway um, and, you know, teenage years, like I lost some of that connection mm-hmm. and, but was really still making decisions from a very intuitive place. Um, I had this inner knowing that I, I regularly had access to and I was able to navigate spaces in a way that I didn't realize I like the base and foundation of it was like, gut reactions and inner knowing. Um, And I took kind of a traditional, very academic path um, and got an art degree. And it was after the intensity of college graduation and having some space that I started interacting with magic in a way that was a lot more intentional and like seeking information and realizing that like I was magic and that I was actually experiencing magic and that I had like access to a realm that uh, other people don't as easily. Cause I, I really do believe that everyone has access to what I have access to. I think it's just a, it's a muscle, but I think I came in with a little more muscle tone. <laughs> so how, uh, how did your awakening story bring you to the awakening OD community that we so love and cherish? Yeah, um, I definitely, I came in through the, the Ari Shafir meth P comedy special pipeline. <laughs> um, I have a, a partner who is very into comedy and indie comedy and, um, I think that he had seen the special and was like, oh, Melissa will like this. And we we watched it together. So him watching it for a second time, like it was that important to him that I see the special. And I just taking like a step back, I love the web that we're all a part of that was created to get me to this point. Like I had to have a partner that had been into comedy for years that was into it enough that he was watching stand up comedy on YouTube in his spare time and just like that pipeline that funneled me into the mm-hmm. space I think it's like mm-hmm. uh it, it's like it has like this like bubbliness to it it's like the silliness mm-hmm. and I, I think how many like profound things happen to us that are just like so silly you know silly little human mm-hmm. <laughs> and um 
so I uh, found soberish because I was like, wow, I like I like this person's energy, and I I found soberish and like rapidly consumed it. Um, I was doing <laughs> like probably about an hour at least of driving every day in 2017, and once soberish kind of moved from that space to AOD, I became part of the Patreon, and then. It took me a while, I think, to get onto the Discord, but I've been pretty married to the Discord since joining it, I think, in 2020. I think late 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And look at us now. I know. How yeah. would you How yeah. would you describe our community? If there, there might be some listeners that aren't familiar with what what Awakening OD and that community is, so how would you describe it in your own words? Yeah, I, for me, it was an opportunity and a space to say things or or type things out that I didn't have community and space in person to talk about. Um, And through that, I mean, I really came into my my client and coaching business through um, our Discord community. So I mm-hmm. had been doing readings for friends, but I hadn't done really many readings for strangers at that point. Kind of in, in 2020, I had recommendations coming to me, but most of it were, were friends. And I started doing trades and... Um, and free readings for people in our community. And mm-hmm. there's something really special about doing work just because you want to do it. And I really mm-hmm. found that every reading that I did, or if I just answered questions that people had, um, you know, sometimes at 2 a.m., sometimes first thing when you wake up in the morning, like that flow that you can mm-hmm. drop into, the gifts that are offered from doing things for free were just immense for me. Like spirit is showing this like big pile that I would get to walk up to and I just got to like pick up a gem. So I, I picked up and like learned all these skills through having a safe space to do readings for people. And I'm in in human design. I'm a, a manifesting generator and I'm the aura type that likes to, taste test things and respond to things so like Mm -hmm. my bread and butter is answering people's questions like somebody answers a question for me and I mean somebody asked me a question and I just like I immediately have the answer like it feels so juicy um and in the way that like Virgo rising we just have like access to this encyclopedia but oftentimes like you need something to initiate the like opening of the vault. And for me, that is just like people asking me questions. I really vibe with that. I, I feel the same way. Like I have the hardest time sitting down and coming up with my own questions when I'm working with my guides. But if somebody asks me a question, I start pulling cards. It just feels correct. You know, it's it's really interesting how the like energy exchange process in our community works like. I feel consistent, you know, positive reactions to both what I'm putting out there and what I'm receiving from other people. You know, like I, I don't think I've ever gotten a reading that I didn't vibe with from this group. And that's not true in other situations, you know, 
um, it's it's really interesting what you know like-minded you know similar vibration people can do when they get together yeah and i i really think about the level of when when you're exploring something and this is the beauty of the internet when you're exploring something that you're really into but maybe you feel shy about or maybe you've had experiences where you don't feel like you can fully speak your truth in person because there is a feeling of like I'm gonna get burned at the stake like having Mm -hmm. an online community where you can read something and like wait five minutes or or wait a day or a week or whatever and respond to it when your energy lights up about it like Mm -hmm. having that space like the ether container that is the internet is one of the most beautiful things about this age like the gift to me that is just like a gift that keeps on giving absolutely I think it's a common story that a lot of us came to this place without an outlet in our 3d lives and we found safety and community amongst this group of of weirdos who follow this uh you know former meth addicted comedian and uh it's been absolutely life-changing for me um especially getting to know you so uh if you uh are if you want to talk about some of your art you know moving from the artist let's move into the artistic mystic part of it all tell us about your art yeah um that's funny because it it really relates to uh, like using my voice and finding my voice, um, which has always been true for my artistic practice. Like sometimes my artistic practice has known things about me before I've uh, consciously known them. And, and the, the project that I'm working on right now is definitely one of those things. I started it in 2020 um, and it's called Portals. And it's definitely an access point into intuition and inner knowing. Um, I had become fascinated with some artists and ways of of making work that involve using what's called like speed lights or strobes, which are basically just big, powerful lights that emit like a lot of light at once. Like they're big, like flashes. Um, And using basically colored film like colored plastic they're called colored gels um over the lights and uh it was they were a birthday present um in 2020 and I, my birthday's in february i'm a super extra zero degree pisces <laughs> of course <laughs> and um, absolutely if that doesn't line up i don't know what does yeah yeah pisces stellium over here <laughs> oh sure. my god yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and so, you know, pandemic hits, um, and the art practice turns into, okay, what can I, like, what do I have access to? Like in the true way of artists solving problems, like, what do I have access to? Um, and I had access to a lot of land and a lot of outdoor exploration because I was living in Southern Oregon at the time I, my partner and I moved to. Uh, kind of the Ashland, Grants Pass region uh, to live with the trees. We wanted to be like mountain people. 
Mm. And what a blessing that was uh, being in the pandemic and being able to just go into the middle of nowhere where there were no other humans. <laughs> and uh, so I started taking these big flash lights with um, different colors out on walks in nature. And it was kind of the only place that my brain would shut up and I could like access flow. Like it was the only space that really felt safe for me. And in that safety, I started realizing that when I was going on walks, I was having intuitive, like visceral in, in like the gut specifically reactions to the spaces that I was in. And so I, I started going, oh, okay, this space feels good. Like it must be time to make a photo here. And I would pull out my little booklet of um, plastic colors, basically. And I would like flip through them. And when my body would go like, mm, yes, I would just, okay, like whatever that color is. And I would put it over my lights and um, kind of document the area. And the longer I did this, the, the more I realized that I was creating access points for me to be in conversation with my subconscious and with my intuitive self. And this was before I started doing readings for other people. I was starting to read tarot, but I was just sort of dabbling. So this was really the foundation of I guess what I think of as my career, I, if I was going to have a career title, I, it would be like access point. So this was like the beginning of Melissa being a walking portal person. <laughs> and uh, this project has resulted in me creating prints that are pretty large, that are these very surreal, colorful landscapes that people get to interact with as this intuitive, subjective color experience. Um, and you're almost like stepping into them because they're very immersive mm -hmm. landscapes. Mm -hmm. um, and standing in front of them, people talk about the kind of like relaxation and like opening sensation that the, the body responds with and mm -hmm. how much being in that space of relaxation can open up like the messages that need to come through. And I'm never sure how, I mean, within our community, it, it's uh, people can access that information a little bit more directly. But even if people who maybe don't have a spiritual path yet, or are just coming into it, like even just accessing ways of being and feelings that are what they're aiming for. Like that is so important to me, like giving people experiences through art where they're starting to feel the way that they want to feel is like one of my life's missions, you know, like being a portal and providing people with, a way to access things is just like that just feels like so juicy and and right mm. for me <laughs> I love that I know I've connected with your art several times since we've met and it is it's a it's quite an experience because the more you kind of sit and meditate with it the you it just the connection is there and you know it helps you explore yourself and the realms that you created so thank you it's beautiful and of course we'll have 
some of your art up um, for people to view as well after we post this so other cool. people can enjoy and experience your your beautiful pieces yeah spirit is nudging me to talk a little bit about because uh, color theory was like one of the things that brought me to wanting to work with color um and color theory and like color therapy so the ability to interact with color and have it uh and have it change biology i mean there's been studies done about you know being in certain colored rooms and how that affects the mood and bathing in certain colored lights and how that affects um healing in the body and stuff and um the nudge that i got was like how powerful it is even if someone like hates my work because they hate the color orange like it is so powerful to be able to sit in your body and go like the color orange disgusts me like I absolutely can't stand the color orange and like (laughs) having a way to viscerally communicate with like the taste in the body about what you like and dislike in your reality is one of the first steps in being able to manifest and create what you want Mm -hmm. yeah that's the that's the trick know what you want if Jessa taught me one thing it's you got to know what you want and I really think like how important it is for the body to be on board because we yeah think we know what we want in the mental space but the mental space has access to so much information that we go like oh yeah that's a good idea over there like I like I like that idea over there but there's the separation between I like that idea and then my entire being is on board with this Mm -hmm. this feels good yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and so often I think we try to create from the space of I want a bunch of money or, you know, the mental space because I want a bunch of money. Then you check in with the body and the body's like, actually, I just want enough money to be able to like go tubing down the Colorado River. And if you realize that, oh, what I actually want is, let's say two grand to go on this trip, then you have an access point of like, that's the amount of money that I want and that I need right now. It's not necessarily about I want to have a million dollars so that I just have enough money forever. It's like, what do I need right now? Because I'm getting the nudge of like stepping stones, like how often manifestation is creating access points and stepping stones instead of creating the whole lump sum at once. Absolutely. I always say manifest the experience and the money will come along with it. But I think you're right. It's beautiful. I also think going back to your, your um, thing about the color orange and people, you know, if you sit there and you know get to engage with that feeling, I think a lot of times we like encounter something that turns us off or that we don't enjoy. And we just so quickly, you know, get as far away from it as possible instead of sitting there in that feeling and, and really like reflecting on that and the reason why, you know, where are we feeling that in our body? Why are we feeling that in our body? And I feel like there's a lot of value in taking the time to do that, you know, especially when it comes to art, you know, and I know when I go to a a museum or a gallery, um, 
you know, if I see something I don't like, you know, I, I may just scurry along to whatever is next, you know. But when you do sit down and, you know, really take the time to look at, you know, what it is, you know, I'm thinking particularly of uh, a Hieronymus Bosch painting I saw at, I think, the Indianapolis Museum of Art. Um, and just thinking, oh, this is this is kind of grotesque to me, you know. Why why am I so revolted by this? Why do I want to look away? And sitting there and thinking about those feelings and exploring the the topics and whatever you know, Bosch was trying to to project there it was you know a, a good moment for me in the end. Yeah, so I'm getting the nudge. Um, this is something that happened to me today. I like learned a new a new mechanism of like identifying, I'm going to label it as unpleasant because I really don't think of things as like good and bad, like uncomfortable or like unpleasant feeling and noticing it in my body and then being able to put it in front of me just enough that it's still in my awareness. Like I'm not pushing it out of the like energetic field, but like pulling it out and being able to put it in front of me so that I can talk to it and understand what it is that like the message that it's trying to relay because oftentimes when you don't like something there's something that's really like empowering there so what I'll I'll give the the example of what happened earlier I had like encountered someone's energy online and like didn't like the vibe but I kept doing this thing where I was just like pushing that vibe away and it kept coming back and I was like why are we like why am I like drawing this to myself over and over again like not really of course you know we all miss the messages sometimes not really realizing like there's a little like nugget that's here and so I kind of checked in with my body. My body wanted me to like move it in front of myself and kind of give it a little bit of form. And it kind of turned into like a, actually it was orange. That's funny that I was talking about not liking orange. <laughs> um, and so it was kind of this like orange blobby thing. And when I started talking to it, it was like, just acknowledge that like this type of energy makes you uncomfortable. Like, it's not trying to make you experience something unpleasant. It just wants you to acknowledge that, like, this energy is not your cup of tea and it makes you uncomfortable. And as soon as I did, it was like, okay, like, you, there, yep, you just, like, built another, you got, like, some more uh, information about what your personal taste is and about what you personally enjoy. And it's, like, it was, like, building the portfolio of, like, what I enjoy, don't enjoy. And of course that continues to evolve as you go along in life. But sometimes we think that if we let something in, it's going to cause more discomfort. But over and over and over again, when I work with clients and when I let things in, I realize that I'm just getting more definition and information about who I am and what I'm doing and then it like it's empowering because you've just created 
it's like you've just added another puzzle piece to the big puzzle piece that is your life. Like as if your life is a big puzzle scene, like it's this big, beautiful, uh, the image that's coming up is like a garden. Like it's a big, like sacred garden. And you've just like added another little corner to your puzzle piece. And now you can like see more of the image that is like your essence and that is you. Oh, it's beautiful. I love the garden imagery. You, you, I hear you talking, uh, speaking and saying you, you, you feel a nudge and you see a vision. And I know that connection with spirit is very individual and uh, in that aspect. How, how do you feel you, can you tell us about your connection with spirit? Is it, you know, hearing, sound, taste, smell, knowing, you know, is it that kind of thing? Or is it just kind of a full body experience for you? Um, definitely all, all of the above. Um, I'm all of the the Claire's, I don't even, I probably can't even list them. Claire audience, Claire sentient. Yeah. Whichever the, I never remember how to say the one that smell. That one's rare. That one's more rare for me, but it does happen sometimes. Um, but it is a full body experience because the body is our subconscious. So like when books like the body keeps the score become popular and people are talking about energy psychology and and learning about the messages of the body like the energetic body is so connected to spirit and to the spirit plane oh okay so spirit's acknowledging that there are probably a lot of people listening that are interested in in readings and wanting to do readings and there's a you don't need to like sacrifice your body to like get information for other people. Can you expand on that thought for us? Yeah. Yeah. What is the, like, what question do you have about that? Um, would you say expend your own body? What do you, what do you mean by that? Um, that there's this way when you're doing readings that you can develop what I would call like the hollow bone where you're setting aside your energy to read the other person's energy with your body. And that's very taxing. That's something that you can do. And there is a a long tradition um, within uh, indigenous cultures and indigenous healers of um, reading other people's energy with your body so that you are experiencing what the other person is experiencing and I think it is extremely effective and it's also requires another level of energetic cleansing that I think most people have difficulty doing and I say that in part because I have difficulty cleansing energetically on that level so I tend to go with the mm, receiving information through like the various clairs instead of saying like give me the feelings that they're feeling in their body like it's almost like what level of permeable sponge do you want to be um so I do allow a certain amount of it in but spirit is saying that I allow probably 10% of it in so that I'm able to identify, okay, like we're working with the heart space or, um, you know, various parts of the body represent different, uh, 
energetic principles. So I'm being drawn to like the the right hand. The right hand is like very masculine and it is involved with the power of like being able to create structure and being able to um like to give and if there is a lot of sensation in that area and spirits wanting to check in with that area like it how much you have to decide for yourself how much it serves you to be able to feel with intensity what that other person is feeling because oftentimes for me I can receive the messages feeling a very small amount of that sensation like basically just being able to be drawn to like that part of the body and then receiving the information um so I think it is a personal preference but I think that uh yeah there's just a little bit of like cautionary like you don't need to take on other people's energy to be able to read their energy yeah that's good advice yeah absolutely it it also kind of fits along with kind of a theme this past week of you know keeping your energy clear and and doing that good you know protective work you know you don't want to invite anything in that you don't you know you're not you're not prepared for and ready for um, so I think that's good advice for, you know, starting out with some of these energies is to, you know, take it slow. Don't take too much in, you know, make sure you're, you're doing what you can handle. Yeah. And I, I definitely think that I'm in the camp of like, whatever arrives you're ready for, but there is a, there does need to be an awareness of, am I a person that puts my hand fully on the hot stove and am I conscious of when I'm choosing to do that because I am one of those people I am definitely the what's that uh a bunch of us in this community have this in our human design chart it's like the phoenix rising phoenix something cross that's in human design yeah the incarnation cross of the phoenix yes yes Mm -hmm. and so spirit is nudging me about like how much are we choosing like you have the option to choose the lessons that you're learning and i mean in regards to the topic we're talking about like do you want to choose the lesson of inviting a lot of other people's energy into your body and what would be, you know, the purpose of doing that. Cause you can totally, you can totally do that. And you can totally go down the path of learning like the most stellar energetic cleansing and boundaries. Um, but is that the method which with you want to learn that process? <laughs> right. right. There are some methods that are, are more difficult than others. So. That's that F around and find out track. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> you you offer so many beautiful. I've seen you post things in the Discord, and then you got your website up and running, which of course we'll have available for everyone. Um, you have just like some really fun, different kinds of offerings. Um, you know, I got to experience what is the 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 cheerleading, the cosmic cheerleader kind of effect what do you uh what what are some of your favorite (laughs) offerings that you you've put out there for folks um yeah I really so 
I do love I do love being a cosmic cheerleader. That is like is very fun. <laughs> um and that's one of my I usually do that in little 30 minute uh segments. But I I'm, I'm very flexible with clients. Like I do really love a client that is like I like your vibe. Let's like custom build something for me. Um but with kind of that like the the cosmic cheerleader offer it's really like intuitive uh coaching intuitive abilities coaching and that one is so fun because uh in the way that I am an access point for people uh we're really like building building like bridges and pathways for whoever it is to experience more of an intuitive flow and that one is pure magic because I'm just sitting there and being a mirror to and affirming their magical abilities and magical experiences. And um, it's funny because oftentimes this is very connected to doing uh, like animal communication and animal reading. So I like, 99% of the time that I do those kind of coaching sessions with clients, people's animals will Mm -hmm. uh, show up. As Vinny just jumped up in my lap. Just Ah! (laughs) Yes. 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 100%. Yeah. Spirit is nudging me about how much like animals are. One of the beautiful things about them is that, you know, we are their caretakers in this like 3D plane, but when you start communicating with them on a more etheric level, like they're also our guides and they have so much information. Mm-hmm. Like I-, I think almost every single animal communication reading that I do with people, they have so many ideas and things to offer up to their owner and so many ideas about what the owner can be doing mm-hmm. to create what they want. And they like, there's so much insight and wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I've had the opportunity to work with you a few times for my own little puppy Vinny. And it's just funny. He hopped up here right before I wanted to ask these questions. Cause it's, it is absolutely incredible. Uh, being able to have that connection and in here and hear it in his voice through you I mean it's just been beautiful and I know a lot of us in our group have have worked with you with these with this practice and it's just it's amazing and I think it's so funny that uh I actually only do I don't advertise that I do animal communication when people find me and uh maybe people are recommended to me I I do them um and it's funny how much it's like the animals have decided that this is something that I'm doing (laughs) (laughs) because sincerely it's not I mean it's not on my website I don't talk about it on social media um but I I continue to get the opportunity to do readings for animals and I think that 
I, I love the sassiness that like it's been decided for me just like how animals will choose their owners and decide that like oh no you're like I'm coming home with you like you're you're mine now and I feel that connection with them and just like how the level of like sass and amusement that they have like their personalities <laughs> have they have more personality than 90% of people's like spirit guides that I talk to. Um, oh wow! I mean, guides have a lot of really beautiful information and insight and wisdom, and they do crack jokes. And I mean, my relationship with spirit is very full of, uh, I would say, charisma. Spirit is very charismatic because, just, like, fully, I'm a person that, like, if you're not making me laugh, like, I'm not, I can't, I'm not going to be able to like listen to you very well. <laughs> Exactly. And I love that, uh, like, the, the sense of humor that animals have. They're very much here on the physical plane with us as well, you know, so they have a, you know, they have to, to deal with our crap as much as the guides do. So I love it. <laughs> and I know I have pointed at least three people your direction uh, in the AOD server. I, I don't know why. I feel like I'm always like present online when somebody mentions that they need somebody that can talk to animals. I'm like, oh, I know somebody. <laughs> I love a spirit was just showing a like, um, like somebody has to be there to like throw Melissa the ball, otherwise she's not gonna do it. <laughs> like, yeah, accurate. Yeah, it was just like it was like a frisbee too. It was like a frisbee that was just like, thrown to me. I'm like, oh my god, okay, yes. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I really, I do enjoy, I really do enjoy doing it. Um, and I think that it's beautiful to see just the interconnected web and like the the cycle of um, the things that we give attention and love to like taking care of us. Like that's true in any energetic sense, but with animals especially like that that relationship is like uh it's unlike anything else that I've encountered in like an energetic sense you know yeah. and I mean I, I can talk to you know anybody's higher self or their their spirit guides and stuff but that that relationship is um another kind of special because they are like here in the 3d yeah I, I can't think of any other kind of energy exchange with a, a creature or, or being that's more instant than that that you have with your pet you know like the moment you give your energy and attention to them they're ready to give it back to you you know it's it's a really like it, it makes me wish that it could be more like that you know with with the people that i run into on the daily you know like if we could just get over the the anxiety and the the shame of the love that we could feel for each other you know like you can have with these animals so freely that you just be able to get so much more done mm -hmm. it's like watching people at a party when they're like interacting with each other and then you know a dog or a cat walks into the room and everyone just melts all over the dog like if we could just do that with each other if we could just right. let go and be all mushy with each other the way we are with the, the you know a sweet little angel walking in the room that'd be Life would be a whole lot different, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, just imagine if every time you walked in the room, everyone went turned to you and went, "Oh yes, this is great." 
That is kind of the vibe of the our, our community <laughs> for sure. Yeah, Especially when we all we all get together in person, it's just like, oh my god, you're here! Oh, let me love you. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, you know, you've got your cosmic cheerleader. You you help people with their gifts. You help people connect with their higher selves and their guides. Um. What are some other things that you've been playing with lately? And I, I saw some speak of the uh, the akashic. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that's funny. That's another. That's another funny thing that I don't advertise that I do. Um, <laughs> I I came to the Akashic uh, because I needed a way to read uh, for myself initially. So when you are someone that's very intuitive, but you're a human. Obviously, we're all. <laughs> if you're listening to this, you're probably a human. you're you're attached to what's going on in your 3d reality to such an extent that sometimes you need access points that are a little bit more mysterious and that your mind perceives that you don't have control over so I think of myself as an oracle for my clients I'm not a future teller but my oracular gifts lie in being able to tell people the processes that they can interact with and the energy that they can embody to create what they want. But when I need oracular energy and I want to do it for myself, the Akashic records are one of the best options. Um, I use the prayer that Luis, how I think is her name. If I, if you want me to send it to you guys, we can put it in the show notes. Um, sure. She developed and and teaches people. Um, I think she actually does whole classes. I don't. I'm not sure how I even stumbled upon it, but um, I use that prayer to access the Akashic records, and I I can physically feel whether I'm doing it for myself or with the other person. Um, like levels of dropping in. So you repeat it. It's three different stanzas and you read parts of it aloud and parts of it in your head. And by the time you reach the end of it, um, there's this like, it feels like a bubble of air that's like going kind of like around your head and like over your body and over your shoulders. And it's almost as if, I mean, they talk about it as being like the cosmic record keeper space or like the cosmic library. And it's almost as if you're in, like an old library inside of like an abbey or something like it Mm. has this like stillness in the air it has this like mystery feeling to it in a way that it might be because I haven't studied it very much and I don't plan to because everybody needs a little like mystery in their life (laughs) but uh it's interesting because the uh, in in the akashic record world the entities that you're communicating with are called the lords of the records and so they're like the like the record keepers like the i think of them as like archivists and they speak in very otherworldly 
funny phrasing. Like, it's kind of poetic. You can feel that it's not totally human. Uh, they sometimes speak in, like, funny little rhymes. It's not riddles, but it's it it genuinely sounds like you're accessing something that has already been written, which is a, like the idea of the Akashic Records, but I find it fascinating that you can access it mm, through the language, even that they're communicating with, that it has this like, this is what's happening, this is what's going to happen kind of vibe. Um, and it's, it's wonderful because I think so many of us, when we are really needing outside input for something that feels very sensitive and feels like we want to bring it to something that is larger than us, I think that you can 100% do that in community. And with the Akashic Records, you're, you're also getting this layer of like cosmic unconditional love that mm. I don't think a lot of us have experienced because of the vastness of the feeling. Like I think you can 100% experience that with uh, other readers and coaches and stuff, but it has this like unconditional love that feels like timeless and feels mm-hmm. effortless. And like every time they talk to me, and let me think, I, I, when I do readings for other people also, they address you immediately with like such terms of affection. Like I think almost every time I do a reading for myself, they started with, oh, loved one. And Mm. like the outpouring of love and understanding for what you're going through and the questions that you have, like there's this feeling of like understanding of the human experience, but because you're not accessing something that, is very human feeling there's like this lack of judgment almost as if like there's so much space that it's like literally no matter what you do no matter what you're asking about like they're just thrilled that you're like up in the library like looking up stuff and I just think that's so comforting and so beautiful it's really interesting. What you're describing there is kind of similar to what I I experienced in uh, Jonathan Wheeler, a Rainbow Goth guy's class. Um, at the end of his death work journey, you end up in um, kind of a temple slash library kind of setting. Um, and I get very similar vibes from, you know, whatever entities I'm interacting with there. You know, this feeling of, you know, just happy that you're there and you're wanting to learn and excitement to share what information they have Mm. and like a a compassion and an understanding for you know 
how limited we are as humans in our understanding and our ability to, you know, absorb and learn quickly, like just the patience that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really interesting parallel. I almost wonder if maybe that is like a, a Kashik <laughs> kind of realm. I sometimes think that, not sometimes, I totally think that people's guides are in cahoots with the Akashic records because mm-hmm. I have felt like I was accessing the information that I was channeling felt like the guides were accessing information from the Akashic records. And I do think spirit just said song of the universe. I do think that there's this way that we access when we tap into information and we're coming from this space of curiosity that we're accessing something that is more like, quantum in the song of the universe like it has that quantum web feeling and that understanding feeling and that like the information is coming from an area that is without space and time and so without space and time there there's so much understanding and so much peace that's available because there's not the implied pressure of time and, and I'm, you know, not doing things quick enough or I'm not doing it correctly. Like that doesn't exist when you either zoom in really far or zoom out really far when in in regards to like energy and kind of quantum space. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, a pretty transformative experience just Monday night, I think. What is time? Um, where uh, I I do this ritual temple with one of our uh, community members named Pound Cake Daniel, uh, mm-hmm. and I just knew I needed to go to temple. It's kind of a safe container space, you know, where you open up the gates and you know, it's a, just a protective space to just practice any kind of magic in any sense or just commune with spirit. But uh, I knew I needed to go, and I went in and you know, the part of the process is to go through the library. And I went through and I was like, oh, I have to come back here. And I went to like finish my ritual and then was immediately pulled back into the library with where I then like, I felt like I had a very intense spirit meeting, you know? So it's it's wild that, that uh, you know, I never would have thought of it as the an Akashic experience, but it definitely uh, resonates. Library sinks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I I really think, like, how much is the Akashic just, like, a framework and understanding for, like, the human mind to access, like, timeless information, like, to access information outside of space and time. Like, I don't think that it's its own separate thing. I think it's a construct that, like, enables our mind to interact with something that yeah yeah like it just it's like a hat that we're putting on that like okay this makes yep. sense like I can this yep. container that makes sense to my brain and so then the brain like lets it happen because I mean I talk so much about that with clients in in manifestation it's like creating the container that you need to function within in order to accomplish what you want to create 
and and how much like because safety is the foundation of being able to create movement in your life like how much having some kind of container that makes sense to you is a way to yeah create what you want yeah and it was almost like I was able to tap into other timelines or past lives of some sort there was a lot of information um, being given to me in that space so yeah it was is it, yeah, it's something I want to definitely dive into more. So I might I might be in touch with you after this to to uh, explore that more. Yeah, I would. Um, I've helped some people uh, sort of like. Spirit's <laughs> so funny. Spirit just said backup bitch. I've been like the backup person for people learning to access their Akashic records. Like I can be there with the person and guide them through accessing it themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that is so fun because it's just sort of like uh, having a psychic body double with you while you're learning to do something. <laughs> body double. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I like to think of the Akashic Records as like a library of Babel kind of idea where like literally everything is there and anyone can access it. But figuring out how to find the information that's actually relevant to your life is where it takes like a skilled librarian. So I like I I, I feel like I don't know that I'm meant to be that person, but it's really nice to know there are people like you out there who have put in the, the time and effort and learned this cosmic Dewey decibel system to figure out, you know, uh, where my information is when I, I need access to it. So it's really appreciated that you're doing the work out there. The divine <laughs> yeah, Dewey decimal system. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And spirit is like just acknowledging that, uh oh this is probably an important part of my awakening story actually that um the reason that I have access is I guess I think twofold one being that I became very interested and dedicated in alchemizing trauma because I was really uh, ready to not live with the heaviness that I was living with. And there's so many masters that talk about how working through enlightening um, the burden of trauma and the energy of trauma from the body, how much that creates space to access intuitive wisdom. Um, and that by doing that, you're freeing up so much more space in the energetic body that it's like you're able to answer the phone because then there's like there's space within the energetic body to literally like to pick up the phone. Um, and also that a lot of being able to do stuff like this is just being curious and brave enough to try and know mm-hmm. that like it's okay for things to not make sense. Like there was probably, I mean, there was months and months of me dabbling with stuff like this that was like, okay, I'm just trusting. Like I, this doesn't make any sense why this is working, but it's working. So I'm just going to keep trusting. And I, I love the idea of building many contracts with yourself and, and continuing to check in. And so an example of that would be like for the next 
today I'm going to see what unfolds when I invite my intuitive body to give me messages. And then, you know, at the end of that day, or, you know, if you want to do it the next day, sitting down with yourself for a few minutes and reflecting on what that invitation brought you. And when you do that, you start to see the connections of like, oh, I invited, uh, I invited that energy in and I was able to, uh, for some reason, like sending out an important email is what's coming up. Maybe there's somebody that's thinking about this. (laughs) Usually that's what happens. Somebody's energy popped in. Um, Mm -hmm. but there's some kind of like, there's some kind of important thing that you need to do and you've been putting it off and all of a sudden, you know, you had invited that energy in and that day it was like the things clicked into place and then you reflect on it later and you're like, oh, well that was very stagnant before I made this mini contract with myself and making that mini contract, uh, clearly created the container that I needed to receive whatever energy it was to like move forward with this thing. So a lot of being able to be psychic is being kind of brave and curious and silly enough to trust your own experience. Yeah, I like that. Feel like delusion's the name of the game there. <laughs> you just start it <laughs> off. You just believe. You gotta believe that it is. I love it. And even like there's the the call of like, you know, if believing is too far of a step, then being willing to receive evidence is a mm-hmm. great step, you know, because our mm-hmm. our minds do work off of where's the evidence to support that this is real and it doesn't have to be like I asked for a sign and then you know like a bird appeared in front of me magically like the human mind is spongy enough that evidence can be uh more fluid it doesn't have to be like uh very rigid and literal but being willing to like experience evidence can be like a a really good first step because oftentimes creating belief like you're not going to be able to create belief if you genuinely don't believe but if you're curious enough to see like oh let's see what happens like the see what happens vibe is very powerful oh yeah yeah curiosity is uh a powerful fire starter for magic being open to an idea can often be enough to to ignite something. Absolutely. Well, what is what are some things that you're focusing on uh, right now in your spiritual practice in your daily life? Um, what's a day in the life of of uh, Melissa look like right now? Yeah. Ooh, day in the life. <laughs> um, one of the things that I'm really interested right now which it's funny that it's already come up so much it's clearly on my mind is um is is balancing masculine and feminine in the way that masculine creates containers for you to then show up and be in your flow so 
Spirit is asking about about schedules and stuff. So like there's a lot of opposition right now because we're we're in a new age. We're like we're in a new I love saying we're in a new world. It sounds so dramatic. We're in a new world. Mm-hmm. And that new world has brought people a lot of flow energy and people have experienced the magic of flow for the first time in the last three years. Um, but now I think we're really being called to introduce some structure to the flow so that flow can continue to happen, but that it creates more momentum and more moving forward. So Spirit earlier today was asking me like, uh, cause I'm just really getting into a schedule that I'm like, Oh, I like this thing called schedule. <laughs> and spirit was asking me about like the perceptions that I have around schedules before committing to the schedule before being curious about the schedule was like I'm gonna get so bored if I'm doing the same schedule every day like why would I want to do that and now that I'm showing up in the schedule more spirit is like like the the mental the mental space was the one that was opposing the schedule the the in reality having a schedule creates this like space for the energy to show up and experience itself because it knows what it's doing so I'm thinking about it in the let's say you're making a painting and flowing energy might just be like oh let's just like put some paint on the canvas and see what happens which has value um but when you're wanting to create something more specific you need to choose like a color palette so the color palette would be the structure and it would dictate okay maybe I'm going to do something monochromatic and I'm going to work all in cool tones I'm going to work all in in blues and so then you create the structure of like I'm today I'm working with blue like I'm really going to explore like what blue is and you're able to go into like the depth of what that experience is so much farther because you've created spirit of showing like a like a column or like a tunnel to like go into and like experience and explore versus if you're just showing up and going like, Oh, I'm just going to like see what's in this entire space. There's this way where we just show up and like fiddle around over here and fiddle around over there. And that is totally valuable, but having direction for me right now has this level of satisfaction that I hadn't experienced in a while because I was really just like I was like having fun mucking around in the mud and now I'm like oh let's like explore this little patch of mud over here and then it's like oh I start to like notice all of the like flora and fauna that's like in this little patch over here and I start to discover like the little creatures whereas before I was missing all of that because the flow was just like oh well now it's time to go over here and like look at this other surface so it's kind of a hmm, like mechanisms of diving 
deeper into specificity with a little bit of like planning sprinkled in. <laughs> I love it. I love the the concept of the balancing the divine and, and masculine and feminine because it's, it goes so much farther than you know gen, gender in any sense. It's it's there's so much concept to it that once you start uh, you know really diving deep into that, it it it's everywhere. It's all around us. It's beautiful. Well, I wanted to move into a space with spirit um, to see if you had any message for the community and the collective um, coming through tonight. Yeah, I um, I oftentimes do this before I do readings with people. I'll pull um, a card to kind of set the tone and give us some background story. Um, Give me just a moment and I'm going to pull out the little juicy pieces of this description. So there's this interesting energy in the collective right now. Okay, Spirit's wanting me to explain this first. That many of us are waking up to our ability to hear what people are saying underneath their words. It's like all of a sudden we've gained access to the subtext of the conversations that we're having. And Spirit is showing how the auric field, oftentimes the things that we're least aware of are the farthest away from us in our field, but that means that other people are able to see that information sometimes before we do, because it is literally, people interact mostly with like the outside of our, our energetic field. Um, and so there's this call to compassion and also being aware that Right now is a time of giving each other permission to, hmm, Spirit is kind of talking to me, hold on. Oh, okay, so like giving each other permission to be read and read one another with like sensitivity and with clarity. So spirit is saying, I don't know that much about astrology. That's like one of my least informed areas in the like divinatory arts, but some of the transits that are going on are really enabling us to see each other and our community more clearly. And so there's like this call to interacting with people in a way that honors that we get to be mirrors for one another and that that is like a sacred act and that that is something that we can do for those that we are like closest with in a way that is like safe and very gentle 
and noticing that there's going to be like more opportunities to do that and to receive that and the reason this is so important is that like having someone that you trust be able to hand you something about yourself is such a trust building experience like it might be a little bit uncomfortable because you have that like oh my god you're seeing me right now like you can have that kind of sensation where it's like wow like I didn't know that like other people were aware of this but when it happens with someone that you're genuinely close with and with someone that is safe it is such a powerful community building tool and learning to accept or consider even not even accept consider those reflections that are offered to us from those that we're close with is one of the most important lessons and steps in community building and spirit is just noting that like we're coming into an era of being able to be in more community because so many of us have done inner work that gives us a foundation of knowing who we are and knowing when we need to take a step back and when we need to have some time to ourselves to process, which we we didn't know that that was an option for so long, right? But having that knowing now and then moving into this step of being really gentle mirrors for each other is the beginning of us being able to interact with unity consciousness and creating communities in person that are like more lasting and more stable. So spirits noting that like a lot of us are making different types of friends and friends uh, in person that are genuinely like the types of friends that we want to have. And that for so many of us, like making good friendships over the last several years has been like a pain point and we're sort mm-hmm. of like taking the pressure off of that pain point because we've experienced that sensation long enough and done the inner work long enough that it's like we're ready to transmute some of that into sustainable genuinely supportive relationships Amen. Wow. That was like hey. sink after sink after sink. Men. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Absolutely. That, that is a hundred percent resonates right now. It's incredible. Thank you. Thank you, yeah. Spirit. Spirit just did the like you know the giggle <laughs> emoji where it's like put the hands over the mouth and like eyes closed. Spirit just did that. It's funny, spirit oftentimes will, like, um, like, not in a creepy way, but spirit is oftentimes, like, faceless, and when there's, like, uh, a sense of wanting to convey, like, a human emoción, spirit oftentimes uses emojis, (laughs) and I think it's 
so funny that's perfect it's such a like recent human thing but it's like there's like this delight in being able to use characters that aren't just words that have this like uh it's almost like memification like spirit is all about (laughs) (laughs) memification incredible it's kind of like tarot in a way in that you know tarot each card has like a a specified meaning to it so when you pull it and spirits talking through it you know you get an idea of what they're saying but it's like taking that and simplifying it to a a, an emoji sized icon you know it's perfect it just gives them a, a language to speak through yeah yeah that's such a good point yeah i mean i i actually when i started um talking about emoji spirit started showing me like hieroglyphs um like egyptian hieroglyphs and like how much we have come back around to a place of being able to communicate in smaller like faster but with like more depth like that's what memes do like Mm -hmm, memes have this like subtext and this cultural understanding to them uh and spirit is even like giving me a nudge about how that's related to building community it's like whittling down or like um i can't remember the the scientific word but like when you boil something down to its essence, it's like in the super concentrated form. It's like we're learning these like concentrated forms of communication, which I think is what Spirit was talking about earlier. Yeah, I just got a tap for you. Yes. It's what Spirit was talking about earlier. Um when they were saying like being able to hand each other like little mirrors and like giving each other like little information about like who we are to one another Mm -hmm. it's like we're spirit just showed like trading like like little baseball cards that have like yeah like cultural context and like meaning to them in a way that like oh that's interesting it goes like so much back to trusting the self like things that have deep meaning to you, but like don't necessarily have meaning to someone else. Like that kind of stuff I think is coming up more and more within friendships. Like the specificity of our interactions is like becoming so much stronger. Awesome. Everything you said tonight absolutely resonates. So thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) Is there anything else you'd like to share with the group? Hmm. Um, yeah, there's, yeah, Spirit is showing, that's hilarious, but no session goes without homework, so apparently that includes podcast interviews. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I actually have to put that on my website because I have never had a client get irritated with me for giving them homework, but I'm like, Spirit's going to give you homework and it's going to be coming through my mouth. So, <laughs> um, Spirit is wanting us to, okay, apparently this is, we're doing this like guided journey style for a hot second. Um, and I think this is actually a Deepak Chopra. I think I came across this as a Deepak Chopra like exercise, but 
Um, because we're really working on connection and understanding that every cellular interaction in our body affects everything. Like we're, we're so interconnected that there's ripple effects for everything that we do. And that's a a positive thing. Like that's really powerful. Um, there's like an encouragement, like, um, don't be afraid of that. Like realize that like the personal work that you do has so much effect because we are so connected. I think sometimes people get worried about like, I'm not doing enough. And like the personal work that you're doing is so important and is so enough. Um, The exercise is to imagine taking a breath that is very far away. The air is coming from a very far away point. And you imagine that breath coming in across miles and miles and miles away. And it fills up your lungs all the way from the bottom of your diaphragm to the top. And then as you exhale that air out, you're sending that air all the way back to that faraway space. And realizing that quite literally, the air that we breathe comes from the oxygen of the entire planet. And using that um, imaginal exercise as a way to understand how supported and connected we are even by energies and entities that we don't have mental space contact with yeah that feels juicy yeah I'm not, I was <laughs> like, lost in it for a minute for whoa <laughs> yeah I took a real deep breath that was great um okay well where can people reach you where can they find you tell them your website your socials yeah, yeah. So um, on Instagram, I'm at Melissa Milliam. So it's Melissa Williams, but the first two letters switched. So W-E-L-I-S-S-A-M-I-L-L-I-A-M-S. And that is also my website. It is WillisaMilliams.com. Um, and you can see the first four images of the art project that we talked about on that, along with a little working artist statement that changes regularly because this project is um is in progress and that's also where you can book readings with me um i have a few different options there that i think are sweet if you want to do like a single question written reading i give you a response within 48 hours um and then i also have 60 minute readings that I think of as expanding and exploring. I have 20 minute readings that I call boost and pivot sessions. And then I have 30 minute readings specifically for intuitive ability coaching that are, um, yeah, the cosmic cheerleader vibe that we mentioned. (laughs) I love it. Well, thank you so much for taking your time out tonight to hang out with us. Uh, we hope to see you at a hot alien summer camp in 2024. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to see, to meet you in person and um, be all together in our community that we're building together. So thank you so much again. Yeah. Thank you guys. This was like such a, a nice little breath of fresh air. <laughs> From miles away. From miles, From miles and miles away. away. Literally. Yes. Yeah.
The heart knows no distance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Melissa, is there someone that you would like to hear on interviewing aliens that you can think of? Ooh, um, yeah, I would love to hear from Moon Mama from Kinsey. Okay. I think we can make that happen. (laughs) Yeah, I think we know somebody that could make that happen. (laughs) That's perfect. Awesome. Well, thanks, everybody. Uh, Don't hesitate to reach out if you have any questions. Thank you, Melissa, and thank you, Jeff. We'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Love you. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs>